0: welcome back to season three of the e reads podcast i am your host liz and welcome to my podcast where i discuss authorship books and all the elements of the creative process kicking off this season i have stephen brighton here who is a sixth degree black belt in the american taekwondo association and a marketing associate for a software company he began writing as a child and wrote for his high school newspaper during his early 20s while working for the kewanee illinois radio station he wrote a fantasy based story and a trilogy for a comic book today he has been published in numerous anthologies of fiction poems in lyrical iowa and an article in the november december 23 issue of plant engineering Stephen's first book in the Mallory Peterson Action Series, titled Alpha, will be released July 2023. Now that you know a little bit about Stephen, let's have a quick ad and then jump right into the episode. If you have a picky pup, I have the thing just for you. Nom Nom has four different recipes and my pup Preston tried them all. And he could be really picky about the things that he likes, even though he can stand to lose a few pounds. But he loved all the different varieties in the meals, especially the turkey fare one. And I enjoyed him being able to eat something that was wholesome and I can see the vegetables and the meat. So I knew exactly what he was getting in his meal. Nom Nom's food is full of fresh proteins your dog loves and the vitamins and nutrients they need to thrive. Fresh really means fresh, and with Nom Nom, you can see what your dog's eating. So, how does Nom Nom work? First, you tell them about your pup, age, breed, weight, allergies, and protein preferences. They'll tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them straight to you. Store the meals in the freezer or fridge until it's mealtime. They'll give you specific instructions on how to transition your dog from foods like kibble to always fresh nom nom for best results watch your dog clean their dishes dance for dinner and overall thrive ready to make the switch to fresh order nom nom today go to the referral link in the episode show notes and get 50 percent off your first order plus free shipping plus nom nom comes with a money-back guarantee if your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. So the referral link is zen.ai forward slash ereadspod1. That's z-e-n forward slash e-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-1. And enter offer code ereads. That's e-r-e-a-d-s. Okay, welcome, Stephen. How are you? I am doing just great today. Fantastic. And so, Stephen, um, today we're going to be talking about, you know, character development and um, how all your experiences help to to, um, highlight and that you use in, you know, your character development. But I have a question for you. Sure. And my question is, Which which one of your characters are you most like, if any?
1: Oh, my. (laughs) Well, I have actually two. Um, The the main character is Mallory Peterson, who is a private investigator martial artist. So I always like to say she is me, except that she's a lot better looking, uh, a whole lot better martial artist and a better instructor. So... um, But she has my likes and dislikes. Um, I also resonate a little bit with her office manager and pretty much partner, uh, Darren, who uh, I haven't given a last name. I've kind of joked around that it's it's pretty unpronounceable and she has problems saying it and spelling it. So that's kind of a running, a, a small joke throughout. But I like his romantic side. In one of the books, I use a personal experience and put it and, and fictionalize it and and put it on him. So, mm. that so was, uh, it was a tough decision to make, but I, I think I did it very well.
0: Absolutely. And like in, in thinking about that, well, well before I ask you more about your process and creating your characters, can you please tell us about your books and, and what they're about? Sure.
1: I have a series. It's the Mallory Peterson series. I have named them. I always wanted a hook like uh, Sue Grafton did with her alphabet books. A is for alibi and B is for yeah. her, everything. So I wanted a hook. So I decided to use the Greek alphabet. So alpha, beta, gamma, Latter. delta, that type of thing. So, and then refer to that title in some way in the book and not necessarily always, well, he was part of that alpha fraternity type of thing so that's that was the the, the development of the of, of the uh, of the series of books um and it, uh, it it centers around Mallory Peterson she's 29 private investigator and uh, martial artist since she was a teenager and she works out of Des Moines she has a lot of serious cases but then it's uh it's tampered by it's tempered by uh, some humorous cases she she's one of those that will follow around cheaters and, and you know philanderers and all of them end up being
0: goofy in some way <laughs> so that adds a little oh, bit that, of that is clever yeah, yeah that is very clever I so I have you how did this start like did you always know like okay like I see this character I see these books like how did you fall into writing Oh my gosh! I have been an avid reader since I, since ch-
1: since I was a child, and at some point I thought, well, I can do this. I can, I can, I I, I think we kind of need to write some of this stuff. So I tinkered around with it for a little bit. I created a, um, I created a character called Sam P. Peterson, who was a, a Quad Cities police officer, police detective, and then it, I. I you know, after college, I got into work and wrote a little bit for a project that fell that didn't that didn't pan out. And then when I moved to Oskaloosa, which is south central Iowa, I joined Taekwondo. And they had a I was walking uptown and I saw two weeks free classes and I thought, well, I've kind of been interested, and um, joined and, and been with it ever since. Um, a couple of years later, the writing bug hit me again, and I thought, "Well, oh, wow, you know, I'm 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 two years into Taekwondo. I know a lot of stuff. Um, why don't I create a character that is a private investigator and a martial artist?" And I thought about that Sam Peterson character, but then I had been going to all kinds of tournaments and business classes and seminars and workouts and seeing all these wonderful, beautiful, talented women, and I thought, "No, no, no. She has to be. The, the character has to be a woman." And so it's my dream girl. I didn't she's... even know there'd be a lot of women in that space. Oh yes, um, so she's my dream girl—six foot, blonde, blue-eyed, um, <laughs> uh, and uh, just a just a fun-loving, quirky character out of that. So it just it, it just developed from that.
0: So okay, tell us more. Right, so you have this experience in being in martial arts. And do we see a lot of that in in the story? You know, how was it writing those scenes with the physicality? Was that kind of an easy transition?
1: A little bit. I had to, I, I still have to choreograph every fight scene. And what's interesting is I have to try to create situations and then create escapes from those situations or resolutions to those situations. Right. Without typical... Uh, without typical means, so she carries a gun. So I just can't ever shoot everybody. That's not going to be fun,
0: <laughs> right? That'd be um, dull.
1: Yep, yep. I can't just have a, a sidekick put everybody down. So I have to choreograph uh, different weapons, different um, uh, different techniques, different chore- different uh, uh, fight scenes, fight scenarios, and I even will practice with with a helper a little bit. Uh, she, uh, I said, really? here, You know, let me let me try something on you. See if this works and takes you down right here. And and uh, and and that it tends to work. I end up with a lot of knives in my stories, so I have to try to figure out how to get away from the knife knife guy a lot. Um, but it it really uh, it, it's been really fun writing that because. I have to use that creativity. I can't just pull out a gun and shoot right. him. I can't just punch the guy and, and knock him out. There has to be a little bit of the a, uh, a, 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 a difference in every book. And the other problem mm-hmm. is, is she's six foot tall, which means her opponents have to be bigger. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. I have to remember that. I can't have a five, six guy go up against her unless he's really talented and really strong. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the other challenge. Um, in, in the current book that I'm reading to my critique group, I've decided to make a, an opponent seven, three and about 400 pounds.
0: Oh my gosh. She's huge.
1: (laughs) Yes. So that's one of, that's going to be one of her humorous scenes throughout the, throughout the week is encountering him trying to, trying to overcome his, uh, he's, she's got to capture him. She's got to get him somehow.
0: Absolutely. But also I'm thinking about not only is there physicality, but there's kind of like the emotional and like those internal response that you go through when you're in battle and in your experience in being martial art and uh, being in martial arts and kind of feeling tired and worn against an opponent. Did, was that easy kind of thinking about some of the internal things that she would go through? Um, no, it wasn't. In fact,
1: I, I've been, um, I've been, uh uh Put in my place, so to speak, with uh, some critique groups saying um, she's too tough. She doesn't experience any pain. She's not Superwoman out here. You got to give her some pain. You (laughs) got to have her be hurt. And that's my fault because you know my fantasy girl. I'm not going to want to hurt her. Well, that's (laughs) that's not real. So I have to I have to put her down. I have to really uh, get into some of the emotion of grief Mm. and loss and pain and uh, anger Uh, one of her quirks is she does not like to ask for help so she ends up torturing herself because she doesn't want to ask for help she wants to keep it all inside and solve everything herself well that's not going to work and she she learns better in the end Um, the interesting other interesting thing was how did I write romance? Because she does have a boyfriend yeah. through some of the through through several several books, and how do I write that? That was a little easier. Uh, really, it was because all I did was I took what I would feel in that situation and just transferred it to her, mm-hmm. and nobody said, "Well, yeah. no, that's not how a woman would feel."
0: <laughs> it's worked. Yeah, because we all <laughs> experience like love and passion. Yeah
1: so I
0: I, I I find that a little bit easier
1: than having her having to soften her up in the female role of being a female of of right. being sensitive to others needs instead of just being the harsh one-lining one-liner uh detective
0: yeah uh you bring up a good point right so like uh, I will assume you identify as as a man and like how is it to write from the perspective of a woman
1: Yeah it uh I I've had that question asked and it's it's interesting I just um a, a lot of what it is and, and i in, so there's a lot of discussions about the difference between the, the sexes and a lot of comedians um have that as their topic for their comedy shows and routines in a lot of ways though we are the same we still feel pain Mm -hmm. we still feel emotions we still like you said feel the love and the passion we still feel anger we still feel grief and so i don't think i have to necessarily try to find some of those emotions from the woman's point of view quote unquote right because it's the same uh like I said, with the romance, I, I I have a scene in one of my books that where the her boyfriend tells her that he loves her for the first time, and it's a mm. it's a really emotional moment. And I thought about how I would do it if I were in that situation, and so I made him do it my way. And then I thought about what she would think. I you know I was thinking about how the woman would think if I told her that. And then mm-hmm. and so I just put that in in
0: her perspective.
1: Um with uh with the it, other character it I It seems
0: like you really get into your characters' heads. I try I mean, like then it, yeah.
1: I try to. Uh when I wrote uh an emotional scene with Darren, that was easy because all I had to do was pick from my own history and pain and personal experience of going through what he went what I what I'm writing about him. And that was easy. Um, it was not so easy trying to figure out what the woman was going to do or say, because the, the woman in, in my experience, we haven't spoken in four years. So <laughs> well,
0: an interesting question. How do you balance past experience versus the uniqueness of your character. You know, what does your process look like when you are creating these characters?
1: It, it was very, like I can mention with, with the, the Darren, the, with the Darren character and the, that one scene that I really wanted to write. And I had to go back through my own experiences and mm-hmm. pick and choose which pieces I wanted to put in. And put in some of the emotions, mm. put in some of the feelings, and kind of spread that out. I didn't want to have just one scene where he suddenly has this heartbreak. It had to be built up for a number of chapters. So right. where he has a girlfriend, but then discovers that his girlfriend's cheating on him. And then like the next day, he meets his uh He meets the girl. He meets the woman who broke his heart years ago and hasn't Mm. hasn't seen with her. So I had to kind of build up to that for Mallory. It's just taking uh, bits and pieces of anecdotes that I've heard. um, Martial arts experience over 30 years and picking and choosing what I want to put in this particular story.
0: Mm, Absolutely. It, it, you mentioned there's like a little bit of like comedy, especially with these different uh, people that she's up against. Do you kind of look at the experiences and ask yourself, how do you dramatize it? How do you add that extra, extra that will make people be drawn to the, the novel?
1: Well, especially with the comedy, humor is hard. Uh, humor is very difficult to write because you there's a fine line between Oh, this is funny. And then it turns into slapstick, uh, you know, Keystone right. cops type of stuff. And I didn't, I didn't want that. And so I've got to really temper that humor. <clears throat> a lot of it is I look at it at it, look at it as, and I'll mention, I mentioned Ivanovich earlier, where her Stephanie Plum character is a quirky character and everybody loves her. However, Stephanie does not make the story. It's everybody else. It's all her sidekicks. It's all her associates. It's all her family members that help make the story. So that's what I've been trying to do uh, with the Mallory character. She's fine on her own, but it is everybody else around her that adds to that. So when she gets into a little humorous scrape or a humiliating or embarrassing moment, Darren is right there to let her know about it. Uh, And when she's suffering, Darren is right there to be the comfort. For her, um, she has uh, some in, in one of the books. She has a, a some a family some family members. Uh, her her parents get injured in a car accident, so there's a little bit mm. of give and take there. Um, and it is uh, in the story I'm reading to the critique groups now. I have introduced a new character. He is a uh, he is a gentleman I met one time. In a I di- actually didn't meet him. I saw him, and he was sitting there eating his dinner and i looked at him and I thought oh my gosh who is this guy he was very large he had just a mop of dreads down on his head and down his down his shoulders he was wearing a patchwork like a comic book panel patchwork jacket over i think it was a red shirt white bright pants and red sparkling shoes, like the one like the kind Dorothy wore in The Wizard of Oz. And I thought, oh my gosh, this guy is amazing. And so I sort of brought the the nook I was reading, the tablet I was reading over and I surreptitiously took a picture of him real quick. <laughs> and I said, he's gotta go in a story someplace. And I I should have been brave enough to go introduce myself, tell him who I am, could I get a decent picture and and, and and talk to him? And if I ever see him again, I will. But I base a character in, 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 in the newest novel that I'm reading now uh, to the critique groups based on him. He's very jovial, he's full of life, uh, very positive attitude, and he gets involved with the story a lot. So it's those other characters I think that will draw readers in and say, oh, I want to, I want, I want more. And then Mallory's thrown in there too as the quote unquote main character
0: it's so many things right so it's really clever to think about right you have your your main character who maybe is constant or doesn't change too much but they can't help be but be influenced by these over-the-top side characters right um And I can just think about that. That's really clever. And again, just taking inspiration from the world around you, right? Like we have characters all around us, right? We have that one anomaly or that one person that's over the top in our environment and being on the lookout for that. Um, I I love that. Um, Steven, in... If I had to ask you, what are your top tips for character de- development? So if someone's just like, how do I create a great character? I mean, what are like three go-tos that, that would help them out? Well, I'm reading, um, now
1: I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, it's The Linchpin Writer. The book's over here on my desk. And uh, I've been really getting, I don't read craft books. I'll, I'll say that right away. I don't read craft books because I, I, I'm not saying they're bad. There they're, they're they are they are a help to writers who have questions. Uh, I've only found a couple that I have enjoyed, and one of these one of the one of them is this linchpin writer. The problem with that I have with, with craft books is that when I read some of the tips and ideas, I say, Well, I already know that. I already do that. I know how to do that. Why am I reading this? This this stuff that I already know how to do. I may not do it well. Mm. I may need to improve it. I'm always trying to improve. That's not the point. The point is, I don't want to waste an hour reading a, a, a you know half a book and going, well, I already knew this. So mm-hmm. read the craft books, but take, but pick and choose what you want out of those. Pick, pick that one little mm. thing that, oh yeah, I really want to grab onto this. One of the things that the character the uh, that this book mentioned about characters, especially with character description is we always go toward hair and eyes, hair and eyes, hair and eyes. What colors <laughs> yeah. are eyes? What colors of hair? Well, okay, that's fine, but it's boring. It is not, it, it's, it's dismissed. It's passed over. I think what has, what you have to do for character development is, especially for description is give them a quirk, give them a, a mm. definite personality, whether that's the scar on the face whether it is the uh, brightness in the eyes, there is something brightness, you know, I have a bad guy who has electric blue eyes that, you know, that, that frighten people and, and Mm. shock of white hair. So that gives him that bad guy image. Um, You have to give him, you have to give that character something special to remember that readers remember. Um, Yes. I, my mind's a, it could be called stereotypical six foot blue eyed blonde. Okay. But now I've got to make her a little bit different. So she's left-handed. So that makes it a little bit better. Uh, Uh, It's a clever little change. A little bit. You have to give her quirks in her personality. So uh, she doesn't like coffee, which is a ghast to most women. uh, But she likes Dr. Pepper. So (laughs) put those in every story and, and make mention of that every now and then. Uh, I have characters, some bad guy character names that are goofy and she makes mention of those. So she's, she's along those lines. The, the quirkiness comes from the situations that I put to put, put on her. Right. Um, I think you also have to have that depth. Uh, and that's, that's one of the things I do struggle with, uh, is the depth of the character, the emotion of the character. The previous book that I read to the critique group they'd heard a few Mallory stories and all throughout all of the suggestions were no 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 this is not Mallory why is she being so weak and and wimpy here in this book she should be tough and strong and mad and angry and 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 swearing and and saying I'm going to get this guy I'm going to figure this out but you got her being weak and wimpy and I went oh yeah it's that makes it good yeah okay I understand that and I wasn't disagreeing with them So I, so when I get to the rewrites, that'll be a, (laughs) that'll be a major. Critique partners are so helpful. (laughs) Oh, I love the critique groups. Um, I I couldn't, I wouldn't be published without them because they, they, they Mm -hmm. offer so much uh, great advice uh, and especially for things that are wrong. Um, I have sources that I go to, who I go to and I've had to rewrite a few scenes because I've talked with a police friend, and she says, "No, the cops don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, well that makes sense. Okay, and then some guy will say, uh, "You need to change guns on this woman. Uh, she needs a she needs a more powerful gun to get this what what you want done to happen to happen. You have to have a, a more powerful gun." I like, "Okay, that's great." So I like those uh, people because I don't know everything, and I can't look it up. I can't look everything up. Um, it's it's some of the other writers' personal experiences that that get to it. Um, I think the third thing for mm. character development is you have to put them in. At least for me, you you got to put them in the right environment um, and make them sound like the character you want them to sound like. Cop- <laughs> yes, like cops. I I'm sorry, but they have to sound like cops. Lawyers have to sound like lawyers. I remember reading a book, it was one of the the most awful books I've ever read, and the cops are talking (laughs) to the victim, and they actually said, well, we have to ask this question or else we'll get fired. No cop ever has said that. None. Zero. And so they have to, I think you have to make them sound like cops and you have to put them in the right environment to make the story work even if it's a completely different environment than they're used to. That's what conflict is all about.
0: And I think that really makes a good character. There's nothing worse than like when an author puts a character in a situation and you're reading it and you're like, they wouldn't act like this. They wouldn't do this. Like it really pulls you out. So I think you have to know your character at the end of the day. And like, I love that when you talked about like talking to people, because you can look on online about what people would do and they might give you best practices. But when you are the person in it, right? When you are in that job, right? While doing everything, like life happening, it's a different monster. So in that context only comes from talking to people. So kind of going back to when you took the picture, right? The best characters come by living. That's where you get your character development.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have... So many sources. I have a, I have a, a police, former police officer friend who I write questions to every now and then. She loves that I do. Um, I have a medical, a former doctor, a retired doctor. So if I have any medical issues, hey, Mike, yeah. what's, what's going on here? Uh, can I, what would you think about this? Tell me about this. And he'll go off onto tangents and tell me worst case scenarios and and give me medical <laughs> leads that I'm not going to put in the book. But I, my my challenge is to, uh, the challenge for me is to make it so the reader can understand. Um, in the book right. that uh, Darren has his emotional scene in, he helps with the woman's uh, birthing a baby. He's in the delivery mm. room, and so I, I said, "Well, I, I, I don't have any clue what that's about." Um, and so I had to go ask Mike. I said, "Tell me how babies are born." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he had to lead me through that i wrote the scene he corrected one or two points on it and then i I worked it out so uh i think i think putting that uh having those sources are just wonderful because otherwise i think the the books would be boring my books would be boring because i I wouldn't know what to do Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely like wonderful tips again like taking pits from craft, taking real life experiences, talking to people, all so valuable. Um, please, for those who are just like, ah, yes, I need to know more. Where can they connect with you? Where can they buy the book?
1: Sure. Um, so here's, here's the thing. Um, unfortunately, my track record with publishers um, hasn't been very good. And, and it's not, and I shouldn't say that Like it's my fault, Uh, but I've had a lot of publishers close because of health reasons or death. The publisher dies, and so the company is so small it closes. So, oh, that's an interesting point. I didn't think about that. Yes, so I'm having it, I was having issues. So, I have a lot of books to sell, Uh, the problem is they're not on the market anymore. (laughs) <laughs> so you can contact me I still have copies of, of some of the books um, to sell and there is one story out there that is on the market it's called the Peace tree mystery and it was a collaborative effort from the from my one of my critique groups and uh, we started that about 10 years ago it kind of faded away the project sort of became a convoluted mess and a couple of years ago I picked it up and thought hey I think we've got something good here let me let me work on it so uh, I spent the majority of 2021 writing new material, trying to put everything in order, made the mistake of telling the critique group that I was doing this, and they went, oh, let's do it again. <laughs> so uh, that, wasn't my, uh, that wasn't my intention. Uh, but we ended up uh, re- working really hard and putting together a, a very nice novel about Knoxville and the Lake Red Rock uh, area. It has real locations, and it's a it's a wonderful little adventure um, with two people supposedly after Indian treasure, su- supposed Indian treasure, and a, and a journey to reestablish one of the characters' heritage, Indian heritage. So it's a fun little book. There's a couple of uh, goofy brothers in there who sell weed and meth, and they're the comedy <laughs> relief throughout. Um, so that is that is uh, that is out on Amazon. Um, You can get a hold of me. Um, I have a blog. Uh, It is uh, uh, stephenbrayton.wordpress.com. And the the name of the blog is uh, Brayton's Briefs. And so it's a weekly blog and it talks about different areas, not necessarily the craft of writing, but uh, sometimes. Sometimes it's about life skills. Sometimes it's about the books. Sometimes I do different areas of uh, of those life skills and put them into the books, you know, and say, hey, in this book, such and such. Uh, the other blog that I have is uh, Brayton's book, buzz.wordpress.com. It's a book review. I'm also on Facebook, uh, Stephen Brayton Author. I believe it is the uh, is that. And then um, slb0 at outlook.com is my email, and that's where you can get a hold of me for for the books that are I have copies of uh, and that I can sell um, directly. And two of them are the fourth and the fifth in the series of the Mallory Peterson series. The first three, uh, I do have a new publisher that uh, uh, once I get that contract sent back to them, they said the first book in the series, Alpha, will be out uh, in July. So um, that's what I'll be I'll be promoting that, and but the books can be read out of order. Um, Not necessarily. uh, It's good to read them in order to to get the storyline, but they can be read out of order just for. um, Oh, that's always nice. Yeah, and you know what's going on because I I explain everything that's going on. The other book is New Year Gone. It is a uh, world weary noir type detective, hard drinking, smoking, technophobe uh type of detective and he was very difficult to develop that character because it's a totally different character i had to get into a depressive mindset to make it work Mm. it was very very tough to get into that mode of writing to get the language right to get his character flowing and, and 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 uh exhibited throughout because for him it's him it he doesn't right. rely on a lot of characters to make him work. It's all him. there are a lot of characters in the in the book but it's it's mostly him um, and he's after a uh, missing teenager who goes missing on New Year's Eve uh, mm. so those are it's the a big shift from your other novel yeah there's rarely there's a little bit of humor in the book, but not laugh-out-loud humor. It's more cynical, make-you-smile humor, just, oh, yeah, I understand what he's talking about type of humor. Um, but it's 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 serious. It's serious stuff in that one. That was, like I said, that was a little tough to write. And I have an idea for the second book if I want to do that, but it's it would take some serious time to focus upon getting myself back into that character
0: mm, absolutely again great knowledge that you've left us with um, folks if you want to get in contact with steven check out the episode show notes in case you missed any of that it will be there um steven, any last words before i ask you my last question
1: no just uh uh i have if anybody would like to be on a i, I do have a, a monthly newsletter So send me that email if you'd like to be on that. Um, I talk about uh, my writing progress, the upcoming books. And also, since I'm in martial arts, uh, I talk about my personal fitness regimen and how my health is going. (laughs)
0: Lovely. Uh, Again, I love all that crossover and using all of that. Fantastic. And so my last question is, You know, I like to leave people with some inspiration, something that they can take with them to be inspired, whether it's in a writing prompt, however they express creativity. So if I asked you to give us a word or a phrase as a prompt, what would it be?
1: Oh, my gosh. I guess I'll give what I have always remembered, whether it's taekwondo, whether it is writing. Whether it's playing golf, whether it's your job, or whether it's—and actually, I, I think more of this in 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 a personal ventures. My, the advice that I was given and and have always kept in mind is: if it's important, you will make time. If it's not, you will mm. make excuses. Mm. So it's write something way. from that. <laughs>
0: wow that's a good one so listeners the prompt is if it's important you'll make time for it if it's not you won't so yeah, you'll make excuses of- you'll make thank you so listen stay tuned to the end of this episode to see what i do with that prompt um really good i think i might go dark with that one it's been kind of nice all right <laughs> Stephen. thank you so much and you have a wonderful rest of your afternoon
2: If it's important, you'll make time for it. If it's not, you won't, Melinda said, as she held Robin's hand. Robin let out a groan as her fuzzy, socked feet pushed deeper into the stirrups. That's your great advice. Now! What kind of sister are you? Robin shouted as monitors beeped, and the nurse at her bedside adjusted her pillow. Melinda, who has now lost feeling in her fingers, winced. I don't know what to say to a lady in labor. I read it on a fortune cookie, and it stayed with me. Robin let out another groan as pain flooded her nerve endings. "'Call him!' Robin shouted, her sister grimaced. She had called her brother-in-law twelve times since Robin's water broke. He neither answered nor texted. Both sisters knew what that meant, but in Robin's current condition, she did not care. "'Okay,' Melinda said, unpeeling her fingers from her sister's grip. Stepping to the far side of the room, Melinda punched in her brother-in-law's number. It rang and rang some more. When she was about to disconnect, she heard his voice on the other end. Brian, thank God, she said as she flashed her sister a thumbs up. When Melinda looked at Robin, she was practicing a breathing technique from one of the many birthing videos she had sent her. Robin groaned. Is that Robin? Brian questioned. Melinda heard the concern in his typically steely voice. Yeah, she's in labor. We were trying to tell you for the last two hours. Brian went quiet on the other end. Hello? Melinda questioned. Brian's voice quivered, and Melinda could only imagine how shaky his usually steady hands must be. The baby's coming? Uh Uh-huh. Another groan from Robin. A nurse rushed in and peeked under her gown. Seven centimeters, call the doctor! The nurse roared, and another flux of movement ensued. Melinda heard Brian gulp. I think you should stop what you're doing and hurry up. I'm defusing a bomb, Brian replied. Should I call you back? Melinda's tone was even. Brian had been a bomb expert ever since he had been dating her sister. She was used to catching him in uncanny situations. However, when Robin heard the proposal to call her husband back, she yelled, now I'm coming, he said before disconnecting the line. When Melinda returned to her sister's side, she grabbed a fresh cloth and used it to dab the beads of sweat from her forehead. See, if it's important, you'll make time for it. If it's not, you won't, Melinda said proudly. You are not helping, Robin said, rolling her eyes at her sister and preparing to welcome her new baby boy.